coming up, is it realistic to believe the D-backs can make the postseason in 2023? And speaking of postseason, picking all the wildcard round series, American League, National League, on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Go check us out on YouTube because I have to apologize if we have some crossover between D-backs fans and ASU fans who listen to the podcast because if you check out Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube, please hit subscribe. We've been stuck on 169 subscribers for a few days now. If you check out the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube, I'm currently wearing a Washington State bow down t-shirt. I believe it's Washington State. I take that back. It's just UW, University of Washington, who will be ASU's opponent on Saturday. So I apologize for wearing the enemy's t-shirt days before the game, but I had to because my homie works for the opponent and I will be seeing him tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. It will be today by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, but enough about my personal life. I also just want to say thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. As I mentioned, I'm going to pick every wild card series, American League, National League. But before we do that, I actually want to talk about the D-backs postseason chances in 2023 and whether we should believe that the D-backs could make it to the playoffs in 2023 because I believe the D-backs definitely have a chance to make the postseason next year. But some things do have to break right for them. The first thing that has to break right for them is they need a league average bullpen, right? We know how bad this D-backs bullpen is and has been the last few years. They finished fourth worst in bullpen ERA in the National League this past season. And it's really crazy because the bullpen had opportunities to be shut down and be a critical reason as to why the D-backs could have made the postseason this year because, surprisingly, the D-backs bullpen entered more games with leads than the Padres, Cardinals, and only two back from the Philadelphia Phillies. Those are three playoff teams right there, and the D-backs bullpen came into games with a chance to win as many times, if not more, than those three playoff teams. So just think about that and simmer on that for a second. And what's really crazy is they had more leads than teams like the Cardinals and Phillies, but what's also crazy is they had they were second to last in the National League in average outs recorded and pitches recorded per game. So D-backs bullpen wasn't responsible for recording a lot of outs. They weren't throwing a lot of pitches. Like when they came in the game, it was late in the game, usually with a lead. The D-backs starting pitchers went very deep into ball games throughout the season. The bullpen 
really didn't have to do a lot. They were only pitching a couple innings here, you know, 30 to 50 pitches there. Like the D-backs bullpen didn't have a ton of responsibility on itself. So it's disappointing to see that the ERA was so bad because they entered so many games with leads and they weren't expected to record a lot of outs when they did come in the bullpen. So that makes it very, very disheartening. The D-backs bullpen also entered more games with the bases empty than the Phillies, Braves, Padres, and Cardinals. So the Phil- so the D-backs bullpen was responsible a lot of times for putting dudes on the bases. It's why they had the second worst save percentage in the National League in 2022. So don't if you're Mike Hazen, don't go out there and sign the Alva Perez's, the Mark Melanson, the Ian Kennedys again. It has not worked with these veteran relievers. Don't try to do that again. Let's get some young, fresh arms, maybe from the minor league, because we've seen a whole bunch of minor league pitchers for the D-backs this past season actually be better than what we might have expected. So let's go younger and fresher with the bullpen, because going the veteran route has not worked out for Mike Kazin. I also think when you look at the potential in the rotation and lineup next season, it is just oozing with talent i mean think of a potential lineup of corbin carroll ketel Marte, jake mccarthy christian walker dalton varsho josh rojas carson kelly maybe has a bounce back i'm not a big perdomo guy but you're still gonna have a dh of maybe Emmanuel rivera stone garrett or alec thomas so you're still gonna have five to six players in your lineup that you feel very confident in and if carson kelly has a bounce back and at least gets back to a 260 average, 780 OPS, 18 home run guy. Like, that's going to be a huge advantage for the D-backs from their catcher position. And now look at that rotation. I believe Zach Allen's going to be a stud once again next season. I have no qualms about him. Do I have a a little concern for Merrill Kelly about how replicable this season might have been? Yeah, probably a little bit, but he's still with Brent Strom. I still expect him to be pitching like a mid-rotation starter. And then we'll see what happens with Jay Jameson, the Ryan Nelsons, and even a Brandon Fat, because that's ideally my dream scenario, how I would want to build out the rest of my rotation. And considering what we saw from Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson this past season, gives me a lot of optimism. And then Brandon Fat basically had one of the best minor league pitching seasons we've seen from um, a guy in a very long time. I mean, he had 200 strikeouts. We haven't seen that in a very long time from a minor league pitcher. So D-backs rotation could be oozing with talent next season with Gallon, Kelly, Dre, Ryan, and Brandon Fat. So I love the D-backs rotation and lineup next year. And then the last reason why the D-backs couldn't make the postseason next year is because I'm just looking at the field and thinking there's at least one team who's currently in the wild card that I think the D-backs could potentially overtake because when I look at the potential wild card field for next season, I wrote down the Phillies, the Mets, or the Braves. One of those two are locked into a wild card spot. Giants, Padres, Brewers, and Marlins. I have those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams down for three wild card spots next year. I think those are the seven most likely teams to battle for a wild card spot next year. And one of those wild card spots will go to the Mets or Braves. You can lock it in right now. So that's one wild card spot already gone if you're starting this off. The Padres, they're going to have Soto and Machado for a full season next year, and then eventually they'll get back a healthy Tatis as well. So you're also going to have a very aggressive GM and AJ Preller with the Padres as well. So you can't just count them out. So I'm actually going to pencil in the Padres as a second wildcard team. So already 
The National League East gets one wild card spot. The Padres get the second wild card spot. So now it comes down to the Giants, Brewers, Phillies, or Marlins for the final wild card spot. With the D-backs in, I could see the Giants going through a little retooling phase next year, maybe the next couple of years to fix that lineup because I like their pitching, but guys like Brandon Bell, Brandon Crawford, they're not just in their mid-30s. They're starting to be in their upper 30s in terms of age. Evan Longoria is old. Just a lot of oldness in that Giants lineup. So I could see them retooling over the next couple of years. I love the Marlins pitching. They can have they could have a top four rotation in the National League next year, but they could also have the worst lineup in the National League next year. So Kim, their GM, has to do a ton of work this offseason. So I still think they're probably a couple years away. Feels like the Brewers are going to be going through some changes this offseason. I feel like they have a lot of question marks after that Josh Hader deal. Feels like they might be trying to cut salaries and trade some players this offseason. So I'm not really in on the Brewers next season. So I really think that third wildcard spot next year will actually come down to the D-backs or Phillies. And we know the Phillies can smash, but they don't have the best bullpen and they don't have the best defense. While I expect the D-backs offense to be better next season with a stellar defensive match. And if they can figure out the bullpen, I definitely think they will be better than the Phillies next season. So lock it in. D-backs 2023 third wild card spot. Now, if you want to bet on the D-backs making the postseason in 2023, you need to head to betonline.net because BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the podcast and let's pick those wild card series. And I want to first start with the American League. Excuse me, I had a burp real quick. Tampa Bay Rays versus the Cleveland Guardians. And I'm going to pick the Guardians to win this in three. The McClanahan's, the Rasmans, the Jeffrey Spings, they've all had a very good season for Tampa Bay's rotation. Like Tampa Bay's rotation, if you look at the ERA, has been very good all year, but I just don't have the same level of confidence in those guys as I do with Shane Bieber, a Tristan McKenzie, and a Cal Quantrill. Even though Cal Quantrill is not like the most exciting name, I just think Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie are like on another level than the Rasmus and the Jeffrey Springs and the Shane McClanahan. So when I just look at that frontline rotation for the Cleveland Gardens, I like it way better than Tampa Bay. We know. Tampa Bay has an elite bullpen. They have great pitchers coming out their bullpen pretty much every season. But even though the Rays had the fifth best bullpen ERA in the American League this past year, Cleveland's was even better. Third best bullpen ERA in the American League this past year. So despite Tampa Bay's strength, 
potentially being their bullpen. Cleveland's bullpen is actually even better. I think this series will probably be low scoring. Both of these teams are bottom two in the American League among all playoff teams and home runs. These two teams do not hit the do not hit the dinger. They do not go over the fence that much. So I think whoever takes early leads could just ride that all the way to the victory. You just have a guy, you know, you have your starter go up two to one. You give it to your bullpen, and that might be it for whoever takes the lead in the series. And I think it'll be Cleveland taking more leads than Tampa Bay in this series because I also think Cleveland is just better if they have to manufacture runs, if they have to do a little small ball. Cleveland's getting a lot of comparisons to the Royals team that won the World Series because Cleveland's pitching is really good, pretty good defense. And then they were second in stolen bases in the American League. So they can play a little small ball, do a little bunt steal like Poppy of Highly Questionable used to like to say. So I like Cleveland a lot in this series. I think both of these teams are redundant in terms of what they do on the field. But when I look at that Rays lineup, I don't see a Jose Ramirez in it. I like Randy Arozarena, but Jose Ramirez, I think, is a true stud. You also got guys like Andres Jimenez, who's had a very good season this year. And you look at Tampa Bay, they got our guy Freight Train, right? They got David Peralta, but he has zero home runs since being acquired by Tampa Bay. So for me, I got to go with Cleveland. The X factor for the Rays, though, if you do have to make the case and the argument for them winning the series, I think you make it and you start with Tyler Glass now because, yes, he's coming off injury, but he's a legit difference maker. He's a legit number one ace starter. So if he can get back into postseason form for this series, that could be a huge game changer for Tampa Bay. But I'm still picking Cleveland to win in three. Next series in the American League, Seattle versus Toronto. And I got... A Toronto sweep here. I love this Mariners team. I love the story, but I have to ride with the talent in Toronto because the Mariners, they were middle of the pack in the American League when it comes to runs, average, and OPS. Now, they were fifth in home runs, but this Mariners offense is a lot of home run or bust, right? There's not too much contact, getting on base, moving runners over. It's a lot of get one guy on and maybe you hit a two-run shot. Maybe you get a walk, a single, and then you hit a three-run shot. That's kind of the best-case scenario a lot of times for this Mariners offense. While the Blue Jays offense is basically top three in most offensive categories, like they are just studs, and this offense is not even as good as they were last season, which is actually pretty scary, and the fact that they're still pretty much top three in every offensive category tells you how good they are. Julio Rodriguez could be the difference maker in this series, but he ended September with injury. He's back now, but he's also a rookie. He's never been in that situation coming off injury like that. So I don't know exactly what to expect from Julio Rodriguez. Like, I just don't love it when a team's best player is a guy who's... I don't love it when a team's best player is a rookie, right? Like, he's never been there before. He's never been in those situations. Yes, he could step up potentially like we saw with Randy Rosarino in 2020 when he set the home run postseason record as a rookie, right? We've seen crazy things from rookies. But if your best player is by far and away a rookie in your lineup, like, I'm just not going to have a lot of trust in you. Another reason I'm not going to have a lot of trust in you is if one of your main frontline starters is Robbie Ray. I can't trust your rotation if one of those guys is Robbie Ray. His September ERA was 4.32. He didn't look great down the stretch. And I'm very nervous for Robbie Ray entering the postseason because you look at that Blue Jays lineup, they have at least four dudes with an 800 OPS and five guys with at least 24 home runs. Julio Rodriguez is going to be doing his best to hit some of those home runs as well. But 
He can't be the only guy to do it, and a guy like Jesse Winker won't even be there. So I think if you were to make the case for the Mariners to win this series, I think it has to be via the long ball. Guys like Mitch Hanniger, the Ty Francis, the Eugenio Suarez, even the Carlos Santanas. Like, the Mariners have dudes that can bop. They just don't have a lot of dudes that can hit for average. So you can strike out a lot of these um, sluggers that the Mariners have. And then the Mariners also do have a pretty good bullpen. So you let your dudes hit a few home runs. You get four or five runs on the board. Then you get it to your bullpen. Maybe that's how you win games. But for this Blue Jays team, I mean, their their lineup is nasty. Bo Bichet hit over 400 in the month of September. George Springer notoriously has been a very good playoff performer throughout his career. Then again, I look at that frontline rotation like a lot of these wildcard series. I'm like, I just need to look at who's the first two dudes you're throwing out there to start game one and game two because you can easily just sweep a series. You just have your two frontline starters perform to what you expect them to do. You win the first two games and the series is over. So look at the Blue Jays, their first two starters, their frontline starters that they're going to be throwing out. Alec Manoa, who's going to be a top three Cy Young candidate, and then Kevin Gosman, who will probably get some votes as well. He's an ace as well. Like I love that frontline rotation for the Blue Jays. I like Luis Castillo a lot too, but if Robbie Ray's going to game two, I just don't have a lot of trust there. So I'm definitely picking the Blue Jays to take down the Seattle Mariners in their wild card series. Now let's transition to the National League and pick the National League wild card series. And we're going to start with the Padres versus the Mets. And on this one, I'm going with the Mets sweep. They're going to win the first two games because my analysis and my argument is very simple. Very simple for the Mets. They're going to be throwing out Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom in the first two games. Those are, what, two of the top four, five two of the top three pitchers in Major League Baseball, maybe the two best pitchers in Major League Baseball, like right then and there, the Mets should probably just win those two games. But you never know. Things can happen. One of those guys could get hurt. We've seen Jacob deGrom. He's been injury prone throughout his career. Ended the month of September kind of weird. Wasn't a great month of September for deGrom by his standards. And also, Fun fact, this is only Jacob deGrom's second career playoff appearance. He hasn't been to the playoffs since 2015, and that was the last time and the only time he was in the postseason. So not like this guy's a great track record of at least being there. Now, the one time he was there in 2015, pretty good. Pretty good numbers and results for Jacob deGrom, but he hasn't been there a ton. So you do have to wonder if maybe there could be a little Clay Kershaw effect with Jacob deGrom with the pressure um, mounting on him with the talent that this Mets team now has to make it pretty far in the playoffs. Maybe DeGrom puts a little pressure on himself because he doesn't know how many more times he's going to get there. He's in his early 30s now. Like, he's not a spring chicken anymore. So for this Mets team, I think if you had to make the argument against the Mets, um, you you it starts with the frontline starters probably faltering or getting hurt because the Mets should probably sweep if you're throwing out Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. But how about the Padres side? Because both of these teams, you know, are going to have all-star lineups. Um, for the most part, both of these teams have pretty stacked lineups. And for the Padres, they got two dudes that could probably carry an offense by themselves in Juan Soto and Manny Machado. So if you could get those two guys going and then you could get one other guy like a Jay Cronenworth or Jackson Profar, like that might be all you need from an offensive standpoint because... 
Machado and and Juan Soto can definitely carry an offense, and you get those two going at the same time. That could be all you need from your lineup to get the runs on the board. But the thing that really gives me pause, because I like both of these offenses, the thing that gives me pause, though, is when you get to the bullpen, specifically the ninth inning, because if the Mets get to the bullpen with a lead, it's basically over. You give the ball over to Edwin Diaz, and the game is over. Mets win. The Padres, if they enter the ninth inning with a lead and they give it to Josh Hader, anything is possible. You never know. So both of these teams, I think, are kind of complementary. I like the talent a lot better on the Mets. Rotation, I think, is way more stacked. But I don't think this Padres team is bad at all. I think they have a lot of talent, like I mentioned, that lineup with the Machados. Maybe not a ton of talent because they are like middle of the pack when it comes to run scored, while the Mets are like top four in run scored. But if you're going to have Machado and Soto in your lineup, you're still going to have the Brandon Drury's and the Josh Bells. Like there's still enough offensive pieces there to get it done. And then the Mets, uh, excuse me, the Padres rotation and frontline starters are good. If you're throwing out Joe Musgrove and you Darvish, like that's as good as a one-two combo you can have to match up against the DeGroms and Scherzers of the world. So I like the Mets in this series. I think Scherzer and DeGrom are just way better than you Darvish and Joe Musgrove. But I think this will be another low-scoring series as well. I think this will be a pitching duel with the Padres coming on the short end of the stick, potentially because their bullpen blows it late in game one and game two. I think the Mets are just going to... You know, I, I think the Mets are just going to have elite pitching in those first two games with Scherzer and DeGrom going. And then if they could get to Edwin, get it to Edwin Diaz, it's just going to be over. So I like the Mets to sweep against the Padres. Then the final series we're going to pick, Phillies versus St. Louis. And I got the Cardinals in three because we have to ride with our with our guy Goldie, right? We have to ride with Paul Goldschmidt. And the Cards are also the better team here, right? The Phillies are going to come in and they're going to try and outslug the Cards. We all think of this Phillies team as a juggernaut offense, right? We all know about the Bryce Harpers and the Kyle Schwarbers, the Cassianos, the Reese Hoskins, all these dudes that all these dudes that can just mash home runs and are just sluggers in the middle of your lineup. But the crazy thing is the Cardinals offense it's probably better than the Phillies offense because the Cardinals offense was directly, directly behind the Phillies in home runs of the National League and right ahead of them in runs scored and OPS. So the fact that the Phillies offense is considered this juggernaut, we don't even consider the Cardinals offense offense that, even though their offense is actually better than the Phillies offense statistically. And then you look at the pitching, it's not close. Cardinals had the fourth best ERA in the National League, while the Phillies had the ninth best ERA. Cards are going to have two top three MVP candidates in Paul Goldschmidt, who's going to win it most likely, and um, Nolan Arenado, who's going to finish like second, third in MVP voting. Plus, Albert Pujols, he's been on another level since going back to St. Louis. I think he still has a few more moments left in his career. I think he's going to do some big things in this wildcard series. He'll probably have at least one home run in this series because... I'm just going to leave it at that. So we'll see what happens from Albert Pujols and what he can do because, uh, you know, it's going to be the final ride for him. Yadier Molina, those older veterans can maybe revitalize themselves and re-energize themselves going to the postseason because for them, it's like Michael Jordan, that documentary, right? It's the last dance for those guys. So I think St. Louis is just going to be putting it all on the line throughout the postseason. So it's going to be very fun to watch. But if you have to make the case for the Phillies to win this, I think it's I think it has to start with the frontline rotation once again of the Phillies. That's been kind of the overall theme of picking these wildcard series. And I look at the Phillies frontline rotation. 
I think it's very likely and probably going to happen that Zach Wheeler and Aaron Oler are just going to be better than Miles Mikolas and Adam Wainwright in these first two games. That's why I said Cardinals in three, because I think the Cardinals will win one of those games, probably the Miles Mikolas game, and then lose the Adam Wainwright game. Because let's face it, Adam Wainwright is 40 years old, and there's it's very possible that this Phillies offense with Bryce Harper and the Kyle Schwarbers just tee off Adam Wainwright. But that doesn't mean I don't like this Cardinals team in game three at least and I also don't think the Phillies team have the bullpen arms to compete with the Cardinals arms in the pen as well so overall you look at the better offense better bullpen I'm going with the Cardinals even though the Phillies probably have the two better frontline starters there are just more there are just more green flags and red flags for me Cardinals versus Phillies so I'm going with the Cardinals to take down the Phillies and their wild card series now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast Thank you to everyone who tuned into the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. We had Sully Baseball on the podcast earlier this week. We handed out D-backs team awards midweek as well. So go catch up on any of those pods you might have missed. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second list of the day. Lockdown and will be with my pal Sully Baseball. Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.